Oh my goodness. We're talking drugs, snow angels, battle stations, and hoops. I'm your host, Ravi, and I'm joined by my two bald brothers, Christian and Arjuna. If you couldn't tell from my descriptions above, we're actually talking about Have a Good Trip, Adventures in Psychedelics, Snowpiercer, Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back, and The Last Dance. Plus, we're announcing the winner of our plush Baby Yoda giveaway. And if you did enter, what the hell have you been doing? Seriously. How was that? I that, that was a perfect. I did, was good. did not mess up. Yeah, you, yeah. You, you like last week. You were pretty bad. You know, like, well, that I, was an F. And yeah. this one, you know, this one was a passable uh, C plus. That's good. I mean, that's awesome. It's an exponential increase. I I want to talk real quick about Krishner's um, intro here. You started the intro with different things like uh, drugs, snow angels, battle stations, is relationships to Empire mm-hmm. Strikes Back. Yeah. Um. They don't talk about battle stations in Empire. Not at all. There's there's no super. There's no Death Stars. It, it, isn't, uh, doesn't the Emperor mention one under construction? Nope. Oh well. Nope. So I mean, there are battle stations at Hoth though. Like ah yes, man, your battle, battle stations. stations. Boom, saved it, baby. Yeah. I mean, this is. I, I mean, I you, guess, know, you know, you know, it works. You guys know kind of. real quick. Empire, you know, Empire Strikes Back is just an inverse of A New Hope, right? What? So, so the entire the entire structure of the movie is just inversed, right? So they start off with the big battle instead of ending with it, and then they end, you know, they begin with the smaller moment, you know, with the 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 duel between Luke and Darth Vader. While like that movie, that was the first third. That's the last third. So you're just saying they inversed it. Basic, no, it, it's actually one of the first. It actually bring it up in like film school and film studies class because it was one of the first block. You know, it was one of like the first. Um, Movies to really inverse that type of uh, action sci-fi style of, of mm. putting the big battle at the front, and that's what they wanted to do. They wanted to change up how these things were told, and we're like, "Well, why don't we put the big battle at the beginning?" Mm. And to give some context as to why the hell we're talking about Empire, we're going to get to Empire in a minute. Um, as of the taping of this podcast, we're entering the week of May twenty-first, and May twenty-first will mark the fortieth anniversary. For Empire Strikes Back, wow. the greatest Star Wars film ever made. You know, if we were cool or we were smart producers, we would have found a forty-year-old who had never seen The Empire Strikes Back and had them watch it. <coughs> that's not being smart. That's just trying to create a viral moment. Yeah, that, that's called being smart. <laughs> uh, am I Is it possible to find? That's not. No, but you can find <laughs> someone. Yeah, I mean, how would we? How would we find them? Yeah, what are, you gonna, what, what are you going to go on, like a uh, 40-plus-year-old dating app only? Like, what is that? That's not a bad idea. Is there an app specific for yeah. that? There's always an app. Yeah. Middle-aged, you know. Uh, look, if farmers can get their own dating app, I think middle-aged people can get their own dating app. I guess that makes sense. But before we get into Empire and and kind of remiss and talk about the good times before the current Star Wars events. <laughs> wow. Specifically, the new trilogy. Let's talk about drugs, guys. Mm. Everyone's favorite subject. A new documentary uh, recently came out. Um, co-produced, correct me if I'm wrong, by Ben Stiller. He's actually listed as a producer on it. He is also interviewed as part of the various uh, interview subjects throughout the uh, documentary. So the film is, or the documentary is called Have a Good Trip. Adventures in Psychedelics. On Netflix. On Netflix. Christian, you discovered this, mm. and then you proceeded to take chocolate. Yes, very special chocolate. Am I allowed to say? You just had chocolate, so I'm talking about. I had... 
But I want to tell them exactly what kind of chocolate. Dark chocolate? It wasn't Hershey's. It wasn't Cadbury's. It was special. It's a very special kind of chocolate. Oh, like Special K cereal. Yes. Very, very similar. Um, yeah, I, I saw this uh, documentary. Um, I will say I was... Oh. I was planning on uh, doing that other, you know, eating that chocolate anyway, because, you know, I like chocolate. Did you have it in, like, a s'more? How did you consume it? (laughs) I put the chocolate in my mouth, and then I chewed it, and then I swallowed it. Wow, 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 wow. Fuck me. (laughs) Fuck me. (laughs) Fuck me. Oh, my God. Um, So, have a good trip, Adventures in Psychedelics. It is this kind of wacky, humorous... Um, documentary on psychedelics. Uh, a little bit of history, but it's more on the celebrities and their experiences, their direct experiences with uh, mostly LSD uh, and mushrooms. And then there's even, a, I think there's a DMT story in there as well. Uh, and it's got, it's basically a who's who. It's got so many celebrities in it. We're talking, obviously, the Ben Stiller. Uh, Nick Offerman is sort of narrating throughout Deepak Chopra, um, the spiritual, new age spiritual guy, um, is in there. Uh, Anthony Bourdain, Carrie Fisher. Um, Sting. Sting. Arguably the best interview subject. And he was the first one, too, which was great. His um, story, because I did see that. And his story, <laughs> just to like quickly paraphrase it or whatever, he was basically on one of his farms, and he decided to have some... Some uh, psychic. He, he took LSD, right? No, I think he, he took said, peyote. I think it was peyote. He, uh, peyote. he took peyote, and then he also has a second story later where he went to a retreat in Mexico City, yeah. which is like a peyote indoctrination, and he got deer blood splattered on him. It's a <laughs> wild story. He saw a comet. Thought it was ha- a dragon. It was, it was Haley's comet. So I actually looked up Haley's comet. Was in 1986. That was the last time Haley's comet was in. Wow. So this is in the mid. So he's he's out on his farm. He's doing his peyote. And his farmer hand or whatever is like, hey, come help, quickly help me with this cow <laughs> who's giving birth. Yeah. And he's tripping balls. Yeah. And he has to help deliver uh, a baby calf. Yeah. Haven't we all been there? You know? Yeah. No. No. Um, the best part of the documentary to me is uh, for each of these stories by these celebrities, they sort of did a, a, a retelling. They, they kind of give you a, a sketch of it. Sometimes it's animated. And sometimes it's acted out. And the ones that are acted out are hilarious because they're pretty well-known actors in these sketches. Um, what's the guy? Uh, Paul Shear. Is that Ben? Ben from um, uh, Parks and Rec. Oh, um, no. What's uh, his name? Uh, Adam Scott. Adam Scott. Adam Scott does this like PSA, like, drugs are bad, kids. And then uh, they cut to this sketch of like, <coughs> Ooh, what what are, what happens when you do drugs? And it's um, Joel Haley Osment, uh, the Sixth Sense kid, and a few others in there. It's just it's just very wacky, very wacky. And that was the best part in my mind of the documentary is these these sketches or these animations of these stories. And it's clearly it's supposed to be uh, equal parts entertainment and then also sort of letting education a little bit of education. Yeah, yeah. Like, and they even give some tips of like what not to do. Like don't yeah. look at your reflection. Don't drive. Um, try not to do it at nighttime. You know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I so. think the overall message of the documentary is, you know, hallucinogenics in general are not for everyone. Mm. Not everyone should try them. But there are great benefits. And I, there is the under... There is like an under... Because I talked to a few profe- like medical professionals about how there was a big push in the 60s about 
how hallucinogenics helped with depression and anxiety and some mental health issues. And then there's also um, a run of news programming at the end about how that's starting to open up. I believe like Denver has legalized hallucinogenics and a couple other cities. And so wait, Denver's legalized it? Yeah. Yes, correct. Like fully I, I like I can go to Denver and just drop some acid. Yeah. Yes. I don't know if it's Denver or all of Colorado. I think it's just the specific city yeah. as of right now. But yeah, they have but mush- mushrooms are at least oh, mushrooms. mushrooms. Are, oh, okay. I think it's just mushrooms, yeah. yeah not yeah. all psychedelics. I mean I but mean, eventually, but eventually, goal, right? eventually I mean, yeah, you would like, think that classification will be open. So. But it also like talks about how the government is now, you know, like the United States government specifically. This is an American-produced <coughs> documentary, uh, is now looking into the health benefits of hallucinogenics, uh, and if that could actually help with a variety of things. And uh, there's a lot. A lot of the people they talk to um, do advocate for the health benefits of hallucinogenics. Mm. I thought one thing that was interesting with the documentary is how it opens up. It opens up with a lot of like 60s and 70s archival footage and it's basically military type propaganda or it's military produced or it looks like military produced propaganda against how it's all bad, et cetera, et cetera. A little bit of Ronald very, Reagan in there. Yeah, very very similar to like what they did with the whole like, you know, the war on drugs with marijuana. Same, same idea, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the interesting things is there are a number of um, celebrities, uh, guest appearances from um, various actors and actresses that are, you know, obviously no longer with us. Carrie Fisher being one of them, Anthony Bourdain. So obviously this was shot clearly over the course of X amount of time. I believe the Carrie Fisher stuff would have had to have been shot probably like early 2018, maybe even 2017. At the at the latest. At the yeah. latest. So um, there was a lot of use of those types of folks. What do you... Looking back at it and knowing, like, Carrie Fisher's an interesting one where she actually unfortunately passed away due to overdose mm-hmm. of drugs. Not necessarily, I don't believe it was psychedelics or anything like that, but it was, was prescription drugs. Prescription drugs. Do you think it's something that they should have kept in? Did, did, it, did it help? Did it, did it subtract from the overall, like, mm-hmm. documentary message? What do you guys think? For me, um, uh, I think it makes perfect sense to include, uh, at the very least, Carrie Fisher, because Carrie Fisher is a well known was a well-known sort of advocate for not all drugs, but psychedelics. And she has some great stories, too, in there. Like, she has, you know, some really poignant stories of, like, what fame was doing to her and how psychedelics sort of, you know, helped her. Um, Anthony Bourdain's interesting because Anthony Bourdain did uh, uh, commit suicide. So, um, you know, and that's not covered or brought up in the documentary, you know, and... And there's never been a reference, I believe, to his suicide and psychedelics, right? So, you know, I I don't think it took away from it. It is very apparent when you see the, uh, particularly those two, um, come up because uh, you're like, well, they're no longer here with us. So it's just interesting to get, you know, their take on on something that a lot of people consider dangerous, right? I mean that. I'm sure, and I'm sure there was discussions, right, in the the creative room, like, mm-hmm. you know, should we keep this and should we not? And ultimately, I'm glad that they did, but I do realize not everyone will feel the same way. In fact, maybe someone sitting right here doesn't. Yeah, I thought feel it, the same I way. thought it was a weird choice, to be honest, and it took me out. You know, and the tone of the documentary is very light. It's yeah. not. It's not a very serious. It's not like a we're coming down hard on drugs. It's more like you know. 
this is something that people do. We're exploring it. We're talking about it. Uh, you know, and they they kept continuously <coughs> saying, "This is not for everyone. This is not for everyone." I thought that was good, but it is weird to put two people who had very high profile deaths, um, and you know, there's frankly still a lot. Of, you know, a lot of people question how how those went down. Right. Um, and so it, it and it felt like. If you're going to put them in, you have to address it somehow, right? And it felt weird not to address it because it, it almost seems like they're still alive. They are not, though. Um, mm. So it was interesting to me. And to me, you know, being a, you know, having produced and edited and, and done those types of things, it felt like this documentary was cut before they died. Mm. And it, and like, specifically their parts and they were added, and they decided just not to add any more material to it. Um, so that was interesting to me because hmm. I, you know, I thought those were good things, but I think the documentary still could have been, uh, just as good actually without those stories in there. I think you could have gotten other stories. I think you could have expanded upon some of the other smaller stories that they put in there. Um, you want to know so yeah. something, you want to hear something very strange. So Ben Stiller obviously produced it and then he has a story and a large part of his story is him talking to his dad, Jerry. Yeah. Didn't realize this. Just looked it up. He died. But the this this documentary came out on the exact same day that his that Jerry passed away. Wow, I would so. assume that's just coincidence. Oh, uh, absolutely. Okay. Oh, abso- of course that's coincidence. It's just uh, coincidence. It's just creep. It's just it's just, it has a little you know, yeah, little, it's a little strange. A little strange. Yeah. Uh, but overall, though, uh, Christian, would you say having a good trip, Adventures in Psychedelics, was good? Very much so. I was very entertained. I laughed a lot. Uh, the style even had me thinking I was a little, not tripping out while I was watching it, but I definitely felt like, well, you know, like this is, it's, it's goofy and yeah, yeah. It put me in a slightly different frame of mind while watching. Nice. Juno, was, was it good? Did, did you like it? <laughs> wow. Are we doing, wow, wow, wow. Are we doing that, that style Fuck still? me. Fuck me. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, it was good. I, I did like the style too. Uh, it reminded me of A Scanner Darkly in Ooh. terms of, the visual style almost gives you a visual high. Um, hmm. I definitely felt that. Like, just your eyes are darting into different spots on the screen than they normally would when you're consuming a regular documentary or regular media. So I thought that was cool. I thought it was really well edited. Um, and I liked it was a non-traditional style. It, it, it you know, I'm, it's almost intriguing that you kind of want to rewatch it under the influence of something. <laughs> um, you I, know, of I, don't, I don't recommend psychedelics. No, not, not necessarily have sugar? psychedelics. Sugar? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can do sugar. Well, there we go. Moving right along. Uh, and those listening, those watching, and so forth. <laughs> there it is. We do have our giveaway for the Baby Yoda plush coming up in a little bit. Before mm-hmm. we get there, let's talk about... His father. Oh, just kidding. Just Wait, kidding. What? Just oh, kidding. Just kidding. There. I don't get it. <laughs> well, when Baby Yoda first appeared, the uh, initial reaction was, uh, it is Yoda's child, offspring, whatever. Uh, granted, the official name for this thing is the child, but we don't know where it comes from or what it's anything about it. All we know is it's very cute. We know exactly where it comes and from. And it's an anamorphic puppet. I once heard a really good theory. Uh, someone's like parent thought when they watched The Mandalorian, like, oh, this is, you know, 
a prequel to episode one, and the child, it's a, a baby, it's, it's legitimately Yoda. baby Yoda. That's funny. Uh, which was interesting. But wasn't Yoda over 800 years old? 900 he was 900 years old. years old by the events of episode five. <laughs> oh, is that what we're, which is what we're talking about? <laughs> oh. The Empire Strikes Back. It is the 40th anniversary this week. 40 years mm. of Star Wars and the Empire and the Force and Dagobah and Cloud City and Lando, and C-3PO's <laughs> arm being ripped off, and Han making that awesome line of, you know, I know, when Leia's like, I love you. Mm. So many good things. Great things. I yeah. just want to spend a little bit of time talking about our favorite parts. Oh, mm. wow. Bubba Fett. That's your favorite part? No, there's so many good parts to Empire. Yeah. I'm trying to think if I can boil it down to one. But in the meantime, Arjuna, what's your favorite part? Uh, I, I th- Thank you. I think my favorite part, <laughs> and it goes back to when I'm a kid, you know, when you're a kid, it's the Battle of Hoth. Mm. You know, the that epic battle that starts off this movie legitimately with a bang. Um, it lit- they, the Empire legitimately strikes back right at the beginning of of the uh, of the movie d- delivers a huge blow to the rebels, uh, and it's a cool battle because the way it's delivered is they do get some small victories, right? You're you're not just seeing the heroes lose, right? They they not you know Luke is able to knock down the the ATT Walker and uh, the at the okay whatever uh, you know they are able to escape, but you know they lose a lot of people, they lose a major base. Um, Secret base. Yeah, and and, and to me that <laughs> that's still that is still one of the most iconic battles in Star Wars lore, right? There's so many video games that that Shadows battle, of the Empire. you know, that you can play, you can play, and you can kind of recreate. And there's so there's so much stuff from that, you know, the little the little probe droids. That I mean, a lot of the the weaponry and the the scenery and stuff that you see mm. is some of the most iconic Star Wars stuff. And you know, it's it probably what like. You know, now as you're older and you can be more cynical, it's like, yeah, why'd they pick an ice planet? Well, you can have different variations on the same things from the fourth, you know, the first movie and, you know, all this stuff. But it was still really well done. And it, as a kid, like, it was it was really cool. Yeah. Battle of Hoth is by far, I, I'll agree with that. Battle of Hoth is one of the most iconic Star Wars things out there. I think it's up there with just Vader's presence and just Vader being Vader. Is the Battle of Hoth is like one of those. Battles that you'll always remember because it is so very, 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 very unique. Well, I, I would, I would argue, right? If you like, just um, did a poll of people, not just Star Wars fans, anyone about Star Wars, and asked them to name a planet, right? Tatooine would obviously be number one, and I bet Hoth would be number two. Hmm. Yeah, you're probably, you're probably right. number three. Oh, not Jakku. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of here, you, you freak! Uh, your not, Fruit Loop, not Coruscant. Uh. Oh yeah, it's Coruscant. Coruscant only became relevant because of the prequels, and mm. even then, yeah. you know. Not Naboo? Not Nabooboo? <laughs> Nabooboo. Uh, Christian, what about you? What would you say is that the thing that sticks out for you the most in, mm. in um, Empire? Yeah, I mean, you said you said there's, there's a lot, but I'm going to go with the, the uh, what do you call it? The, the trite, the cliche, the cliche one. Luke, I am your father. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, Duh. the way it's... <laughs> Uh, for, I don't know if anyone watches um, Kevin James's uh, YouTube channel. Uh, he has this little series where he's a sound guy, and basically he green screens himself into movies. into movies, and he's holding the boom, and he's the sound guy. And I just recently, we just recently watched that scene with Kevin James in there. He's getting the sound for Darth Vader and Luke, and Darth Vader 
says, you know, Luke, I am your father. And I got shivers. This is a spoof. Well, actually, you know, the technical line is, no, I am your yeah, father. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know, no, I know. I, I know that. Getting it wrong. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm getting my own favorite part wrong. <laughs> but I still got shivers. This is a spoof. This is a joke YouTube video. Uh, it's still it's still the original footage, but like Kevin James is just there going, oh, "What the fuck?" Yeah, like he's like he's learning it in real time with us, and uh, like there's no music. Like I think right when he says, "No, I am your father," there's like no music. Yep, and, and then, then the music Luke, kicks in. And I I'm gonna I'm, you know the acting in Star Wars is not great. It's never been great. It will never be known for great acting. Vader, but <laughs> James Earl Jones, I agree. That's uh, voice but, acting too. Luke, Mark Hamill, in my opinion, in that scene is probably his best job. Because oh. he is crying. He is like, no! It's over the top. And some might even say corny as hell. He's but like, man. He, he, I think he goes like, he's like, no. It can't be. impossible. Yeah. It is by far, yeah, it's by far the it's most so revealing, great. most iconic moment, right? I mean, it's on our thumbnail. Yeah. And even in our background over there, you can see behind Christian movie, Big Head. Oh. Uh, you can see it right there, Vader. That's the moment right there. It's very, really, really I mean, tiny. It's, but if it's not, if it's not the biggest reveal in movie history, it's top three, it's top five. Snape killing Dumbledore. No, Nobody gives a fuck about that. Like uh, it's mean, up there with Ka- like Ka- uh, Kaiser Sose. I think that's how you say his don't, name. Don't don't spoil it for people who haven't seen it. I'm not. I'm not gonna say. I'm say not gonna what? say who. Don't spoil it. No, nothing. We can't. Is it the Usual Suspects? Yeah. Yeah. It's like Kevin Spacey movie before he was, you know. Yep. Yep. Moving on from that. Uh, But yeah, it's up there with the top movie reveals of all time. So in my opinion, uh, yeah, that is the best. Oh, you know, like the Fast and Furious being all about family. That was a a twist I didn't see coming. I just thought they were racing movies. my My favorite part, I think, is just the overall use of the Force and how weird it gets, right? So if you remember, like if this is your first time ever watching Star Wars... You have episode four, and it's a, for the most part, it's a pretty straightforward story. It's good versus evil, right? It's uh, they've got magic space wizards, and they've got these shiny little beam swords, and it's cool and whatever. And they can move stuff, and they can move stuff. And there's a little explanation discussion of what the force is, but then when you meet Yoda, and Yoda is talking about what the force is, and being able to see your the future and hear things through the force is it's very force like it's weird. It's like the first time in Star Wars that we get more about the Force. And I've always, even with the new stuff and expanded Star Wars, I've always loved the Force stuff because it's Mm -hmm. weird and it's wonky and it's just strange. Mm. And there's no, minus the fucking midichlorians, there's no like science behind (laughs) it or reasoning or whatever. Or there's reasoning, but it's not like uh, X's and O's and ones and zeros. It it can be whatever it wants to be. Yeah. So that to me is like the cool, the thing that makes... Episode five stick out in that trilogy. Mm. Now, power rank all the movies. No, I'm kidding. Don't do that. We, yeah, we'll no. be here forever. Nine through one, and we've done that already. In fact, if you want it, you can. Ch- uh, we can't name drop the episode, but we did that already. <laughs> Go check out what Rise of Skywalker review. Maybe I don't know if we did. I thought we power ranked the trilogies in that one. Oh, okay. Something yeah, I'm not sure. So here, here to to wrap out the uh, the whole Star Wars Empire thing. It's forty years, obviously, right since Empire came out. Most likely, statistically speaking, 40 other years will pass. What do you think in another 40 years? What does the Star Wars landscape look like? What? Like, just imagine you could wake up tomorrow and it's 40 years in the future. So at that point, Empire has been out for 80 uh, 80 years. years. Um, the new trilogy has been roughly out by itself for 40 40 years. years. Yeah, 40 years. What's the landscape? There's at least two new trilogies. 
Two more trilogies. At least. Oh, I would Star say Wars four. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going conservative here. Like, you know, the blockbusters finally collapse, and we get we, we go in the cyclical nature that is the human race and go back to more standalone types of movies and away from the blockbusters. But uh, honestly, in 40 years, I hope... I hope Star Wars is a Dead. little is a little more niche, like it used to be. Honestly, I hate that it. You know, part of the part of the reason there's so much stuff is because it is so popular. It is so mass appealing, and when something becomes mass appealing, it becomes this giant machine, right? And it becomes what you got with the sequel trilogy and all these TV shows and these toys and these books and everything stuff. And, and you become the Marvel Cinematic Universe, where it's just like, oh boy. Doctor Strange. It's just it, there's Yay. not there's not a lot of <laughs> yeah like what makes episodes four five and six so cool and whatever is there was not there was obviously merchandise up the wazoo sure. but there was also not a increase of having to introduce like Arjun says Marvel Cinematic Universe where there's like a char- character for every single human being on the planet it's more like there's a hyper focus on the characters given. And creating stories through books, novelizing, whatever, to make that character more interesting. But, but now yeah. we've got the ability to just make a whole new thousand characters. I mean, I mean roll back, roll back the tape one week, and you, your guys' proposal to fix the sequels was to do another three movies. Yeah, yeah. you know, and like Correct. that's probably what's going to happen. Honestly, like oh, yeah. The, yeah. The, the execs will be like, okay, you know what? Uh, people want episodes 10, 11. They're going to do some spin-off movies and TV shows. Some of them will do well. Some of them won't. They'll be like, we're not making $2 billion a year off Star Wars, so we need more movies. I, and it's just like... I know what's going to look I, like. I, I know what's going to look like in 40 years. And, and that's like one, like one property that hasn't been touched by reboots or sequels or anything like that I love. Back to the Future, right? You have the original trilogy, Give Back to the Future movie. No, because the producer, well, the producer, well, until the producer dies, yeah, who has the rights and is sitting on them, and it's like you cannot touch these until yeah. I'm dead, because then they'll be put up to auction, and you know Warner Brothers or someone will buy it and then reboot it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's but like, happen. but I, I love, I love that those movies stand apart. There's no sequels to them. There's nothing like you can watch them. It's a perfect trilogy, uh, and it's great. But like, and I kind of wish there was still that for Star Wars, but there's. Yeah, I know. In forty years, we're gonna have definitely in episodes ten, eleven, and twelve, and we're gonna have uh, the longest running Star Wars television series ever. Don't know what it is yet. The Mandalorian? No, no it won't be the Mandalorian. No, 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 no. no. They're gonna, They're gonna start one in the next five years. Yes, yeah, so it's gonna be keep going for. Yeah, it's gonna 40. be a soap opera. Yeah, exactly. Like, a soap opera. No, no, no. ABC. Because remember, it's all Disney, right? So ABC. They have ABC. Yeah. So they're just gonna launch like a full-on soap opera. Yeah. It'll but it like, takes place in the Star Wars universe. It'll be. It'll be this. It'll be Boy Meets World, and it's gonna be about a young boy who discovers his Jedi powers. And Ray, uh, uh, like, trains him, and then he eventually, you know, grows up. He dabbles in the dark side, you know. It, you, you know, like Boy Meets World, and like those like coming of age stories. And he's gonna, we're gonna see him grow up and become an adult. Maybe become half cyborg. Dabbles in the dark side, breaks a few hearts. You know, it's gonna be great, but sitcom style. No, yeah. This, <laughs> it is, this be. is my most outrageous prediction. In Forty years, there'll be like either a trilogy of movies or like a twenty season show about a speeder and like the history of this speeder and the like there's just gonna be something like so obscure and stupid and they're just gonna make a franchise within a franchise i think you're wrong nope (laughs) it doesn't sound right (laughs) hopefully in four years i can still dress up in stormtrooper armor and people are like oh i know what that is because that would be depressing if i throw on classic stormtrooper armor 
and you walk into a convention and people are like, who are you supposed to be? Yeah, it'll never, that would be depressing. It'll never happen. Who knows? Never say Four, never. 40 years is a long time. It is a very long time. Some, some like the original, long enough. The, the very first like Comic-Con was what, back in the 70s? Mm-hmm. I'm, I guarantee you some of those costumes back then, if they appeared today, you'd be like, what is this? Yeah. But back then, they're so relevant and you recognize them, so you never know. No, I do. Um, we we have this question here for some reason. Yeah, um, I don't know why this was. Was Empire Strikes Back good? No shit. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> uh, it was not good. Go to hell. It was. You probably great. you probably liked Episode Nine more than Episode Five. No, of course. Empire is the best Star Wars movie. Yeah. There you go. Speaking yeah. of depressing things in the future, mm. a new series by TNT started this past Sunday. A remake of uh, South Korean director? Bong Boon Parasite Guy. Um, by the director of the, the <laughs> recently um, Best Picture Oscar nomination, Parasite. Uh, he did a little film prior called Snowpiercer, which the basic premise, Earth is cold. How do we survive? You jump on a never-ending fucking train. That's right. And you go round, 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 round the Earth. Um it's basically the movie like many of, um, is it Boyong Boon? Uh, Bong Joon Ho. Bong Joon Ho's films are typically about classism, and Snowpiercer, the original movie, is definitely about classism. And <clears throat> even TNT's um, new series definitely shows uh, classism. Uh, the film, the series, uh, which just premiered the first episode, is the first. Um, of 20 episodes for season one. Wait, wait, 20? Yeah, 20 episodes. Oh, I looked up on IMDb. 20 it's, a t- it's a TNT thing. Yeah. yeah. TNT loves it's not doing HBO. That. It's not <laughs> I know. Uh, the film, or I keep saying film. So the series starts with basically a bunch of people um, breaking in and getting on the train before the earth closes up and gets really cold and everyone dies. The train is 1,001 cars long. Hmm. 1,001 cars. It's very, very long. Um, and basically, from the back of the train is you know poverty, all the way up to the first front of the train is first class. Sure, very similar to how a train operates right now, where first class passengers are usually towards the front, and the lower classes are in the back. The tailies, it's, it's the, the tailies, the tickets you called. buy. Yeah, the tickets you buy. Yeah. Well, these people didn't get tickets. No, I because the that. train was for billionaires who caused the destruction of the earth. That makes sense. Similar to what's happening today. Wow. Um, Juno, you've seen the, both the movie and you saw episode one as well. What's your initial take? And we'll jump into the big, like, what the fuck for the show, but yeah. what's your initial so take? So the first 20 minutes is a straight-up remake of the movie, right? It is you're introduced to this group. I mean, you I, I can't remember in the movie if you actually see them board the train. <clears throat> I don't think you do. No, you. it's just – it's you, it's um, – you're just there. You're just there. You start there. Right. Yeah. And so, and I think there's less time. Uh, like, we're earlier in than we were because I believe Chris Evans was younger. Like, he was like a kid or a teen and has lived a lot of his life on the train. Um, so, it seems to, like on the in the movie, it's been decades. For this, I think it's been like six or seven years. Six and a half years. Yeah. Um, since they boarded the train. So, you see them board the train, but then when you're introduced to their lives in the time jump, uh, it's very similar, right? They live in the tail end. They're delivered the uh, jelly food. The jelly, the jelly, <laughs> uh, the jelly food. As a spoiler alert for those who haven't seen the movie, is made up of cockroaches, and I'm sure that'll be. But like the 
the visual is almost exactly the same as the movie, yeah. right? And, and there's just a lot of similarities. Even the character types. There's an older character who's missing his arm, who's kind of a mentor, played by the uh, the guy Hector. from by by Hector from uh, uh, Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. Uh, which is it's it's a great cast. It's a great cast if you haven't uh, checked it out. And there's you know they're, they're planning a rebellion. It's they're about to kind of fight back. They're figuring out what's going on. So very similar, right? But it almost felt like they, you know, built the sets from the from the dailies of the movie. And then that is where it diverges. Into yeah, something you, else. you hit the nail on the head. Uh, the first part is yeah. The first twenty minutes are very much like the movie. And then in the movie, there's that interesting there's that amazing and interesting scene where they do their first rebellion slash uh tilda uh tilda swinton swinton's character she in the it? movie or she's in the original movie oh, oh. comes in and says that we've got to cut down the population by x amount because the train is an ecosystem and the whole thing works by balance so in the movie in order to keep that balance they they murder people so the scene's kind of building up for this like big battle that you think is going to happen, and then that's where, like Arjun says, everything changes. Instead, they take one particular guy, and now everything suddenly shifted and became very much like a TNT TV cop drama <laughs> because the guy that they pulled in his old life was a homicide detective, and there was a murder on the train. Yes, and so uh, actually, the disjointedness—the disjointedness of the pilot can be attributed to the amount of reshoots and like developmental hell that the show went through. That doesn't give you. It started. Th- does that make you nervous? Uh, yes. For sure. <laughs> so it start the, the the show was originally conceived in 2017, and uh, David Diggs or David David I forgot, David David. Well, I think it's David. Um, his character was originally a drug addict. <laughs> like, there's a there's a show. Remember oh the shot of the rats that live under their beds? Yeah. So like, he was like a drug addict that would talk to the rats, uh, and that was his original character. And then they changed it to like, we gotta make this. We gotta put the TNT brand on this detective show. He's a detective, and the, that's why you like for those first twenty minutes. I'm pretty sure they didn't reshoot any of that. It's just. Uh, you know he he is very he's very he's almost slightly different and there's no ref- mention of him being a detective until they bring him in and there's this murder mystery and oh and to reemphasize the fact that he's a detective there when he he's left all his friends and everything in the tail end of the train obviously while they're showing him around and his love interest or whoever has like a a badge like a, a pristine like cop badge <laughs> Yeah. To really emphasize the fact that he was a cop. Mm. Yeah. And so that's definitely one of the weaker parts, I would say. It's a you pilot. guys aren't doing a great well, job but, on selling this. Well, hold on, this. hold on. It, it, there, is, there is some interesting things that they do introduce into this. Because when I first heard about this show, this movie being made into a show, I'm like, how does that even work, right? Like, that, how are you going to stretch this into 8, 10, tw- apparently 20 episodes of one season. And by the way, it's already been renewed for a second season. Shut and they, up. And, oh, they've that's right. or, and they've already shot almost the entire second season. So that means there is 30 plus episodes of this show out there. So it's like, how do you extend this when this was a movie where literally it was about classism, then fighting to the front, and then blowing it all up, right? How do you extend that? Well, you have there has to be something different. And there ha- and that, well, the, it's simple how you extend it. You make a thousand and one cards. <laughs> And that the per- the main character has to go through every car solving a mystery. No, there's there's actually <laughs> so here's the, here's the other thing about the trains, the the size of like what you see on the outside and the inside is very different because apparently you can go underneath and then into a rail system that speeds you past 
to the other train cars. Yeah, this this show does. I mean, the movie didn't do a good job of it either, to be honest. Where it's like what you see externally and then what you're presented with internally just doesn't make logical sense. Yes, where it's like they'll go into a dining car and you know one side is the the left side and there's the right side and you know it's maybe four people wide, but yet underground or like in these other trains they've got these massive like carts and like living quarters and it's just it's bizarre it's it's if if the external part of the train like mimicked what you saw visually for the internal the train would be like this weird shape fucking non-aerodynamic yeah. colossal mess yeah. right um the other big thing uh so this entire train system um is the thought child of mr wagner is it wagner it's a w name I think it's Wagner. I don't think it's Wagner. It's 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 let's call him Mr. W. So it's thought up by Mr. W. He comes up with the entire train and all of that. And it's revealed at the end of end of it, Jennifer is Jennifer Connolly. Yes. Jennifer Connolly's character is Mr. W, essentially. As opposed to in the movie, it was actually done by the actor who plays the man in black. Ed oh. Harris. Ed Harris. Uh, so that's different as well. Also, the engine and the front. Uh, Mr. Wilford. Mr. Wilford. And even in the movie, like the in the movie, the train and the engine room is this very like intricate, interesting, large contraption. What we've seen of like the engine room slash the front of the train is like the the it looks like I, the International Space Station, like one of the capsule modules or something. It's not that. Yeah, really and, and remember the if you remember in the movie the big twist is that the the children who are taken are yep. the ones that are running the engine. So there's definitely some departures uh in terms of the full classism that they went for in the movie and I think uh I mean I guess we'll see. There's enough intriguing elements where I'll definitely tune in next week. Uh and it was it's not like it was badly acted. I thought like the uh <laughs> David Diggs did a really good job. There was a scene David. where they, David, right, sorry. <laughs> He's by uh, far the favorite part, I think. Yeah, and, and like there's a there's a scene where they give him food and they give him soup and a sandwich and it's been seven years since he's like seen it. But he does he eat babies? Because no. that is all I remember from the original Wait, that hasn't been is referenced that, if they've done that. Is or, that Chris no. Evans uh <laughs> ate babies and he said he hates how much how delicious they were. They they tasted so good. <laughs> that is what I want. That has no that has not been referenced. The only thing like so overall, it's it's a pilot. You know, from a pilot to the next, a lot of things are going to change. Yeah. Um, the one thing that I found interesting wasn't actually in the episode. It was like the promo for this coming season, and it was like showing all of the big like cliche not cliche but like the big moments that are going to happen. The train gets on fire. The, them revolting and uprising. Sounds pretty cliche. And then it ends with um, the good guys and the bad guys realizing at some point that there's something else out there in the world, in the frozen dead earth. And if there is something, that will be that will be interesting to see. Like, what else? What uh, What's going to... Because they need something external to the train in order to keep this going, in my opinion, for like multiple seasons. If it's just on the train, it's not going to work. It sounds like, you know, honestly what it sounds like from what you've been describing is that they're taking Snowpiercer and they're trying to add lot, like the TV show Lost to it. Probably. And every season will be like this new thing. So, you know, we'll have the monster, the thing, you'll have the trap door and hitting the button to reset the world or whatever. All that stupid stuff. I never saw Lost. 
Consider you, yourself. You lucky. guys both watch Lost. I watched the first. Well, yeah, I watched I wa- the first three seasons. Then I stopped on the last season. I only remember this because I remember there was one time back in New Hampshire. You guys had both of you had friends over to watch one of the season finales of Lost. I don't have friends, and I, I remember I remember this specifically because you I decided to watch it, and I this one an only episode I've ever seen of Lost, and I had no idea what was going on. You I sure? just remember a, a boat blew up and a character potentially drowned and died. But other are than you that, sure this is some other brothers or like just no, made it, up in your head? <laughs> it was definitely you two, definitely you guys. Actually, I didn't have any friends, uh, so, so that's impossible. Christian, you have to start it off. Yeah, maybe we'll see. I didn't. You didn't watch it. Start oh, last part that we totally forgot about the voice actor who plays Trevor. Yes. from Grand Theft Auto Five. He's in it. Oh, great, Stephen Hawk, and it's and he plays great. Trevor. <laughs> yeah, he played. He he was in another thing too. He was in Westworld. West. Yeah. He was. Yes. Yeah. He was in the first two seasons. He was as a host. He was one of the Oh, ones. that's right. Oh, but, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. So he's part. He's part of the characters that lead a revolt in the first episode. Uh, and uh, uh, David's character uh, Andre Layton has to come out and kind of talk them down and. There's a the other thing that's new to the show is that they put people people that get punished get put into like this hibernation type of thing. So Stephen Ogg's character is going into hibernation as his punishment most likely. But there's like a ton of blood and like gore everywhere. And uh, when he gets him to talk down, he just like takes his weapon, starts hitting the ground. He's like, "There's so much blood." <laughs> it's like a very like it's a very Trevor oh moment from like Grand Theft Auto. He's like losing it. Yeah. Uh, also, so speaking of this, uh, the show has been renewed for a second season, and they've cast a big name as a lead. I would assume he might be the new lead over uh, David in season two. Chris Evans. No. Sean Bean. Well, he's going to die. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> but at least he'll appear. Yeah. Why, why even cast him anymore? You just know they're going to kill him off. <laughs> so, or, uh, Ravi, was the Snowpiercer pilot good? Yes, it was. You're lying. No, for a pilot, for something based on a really interesting movie and then taking it to a new direction, overall, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, I feel like you're lying. Well, are you going to ask him? The other bald one? Uh, Arjuna <laughs> was Snowpiercer, the TNT version, uh, slash TNT produced with slash TNT elements, slash even the color grading didn't make sense at some points. Good. I'm going to say no. It was not a good <laughs> pilot. But Thank However, I will, I will put into the fact there was enough element. I, I can recognize it wasn't good, but there were enough elements that will make me tune in next week to give the show a chance, especially because Sean Bean is in the second season. I think it's smart getting that information out there because people were like, ooh, the show's going to get better. Yeah, me, maybe. Know? So who knows? Uh, I predict Ravi watches one more episode and quits. <laughs> Juno will watch the whole season, eight seasons, and then quit. <laughs> I can see that actually. Yeah, that's that makes sense. I only watched seven seasons of Walking Dead. Okay. Oh wow. Well, you're gonna give this one eight. Moving into something that probably should have ended before they allowed it to finish. The last dance. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't make sense. They won the ship. Sure, and he or he got pizza. He, well, he got food poisoning from that pizza. Sure. Well, how well, many people get food poisoning from pizza, Christian? By the way, um, I want a national study done. One of uh, my coworkers, who's an editor, uh, Wesley, yes. made a great joke. Um, so the five guys delivered uh, that pizza that he got food poisoning from, and then those five guys went on and formed the restaurant Five Guys. <laughs> Uh, That's funny to me. Uh, Wes also made a great joke on our previous live stream of uh, shaving my head. He said, "We are now the the bald tacos." Oh, 
West. That's a stupid, West. stupid West. joke. West. That's a good one. Uh, anyway, last anyway, dance. the last dance. Michael Jordan finished it up. It's done. Um, All one I, of the best documentaries I've ever seen. I would just like to say this. I didn't watch the last two episodes fully. You I didn't just, watch any of it. I just remember the last couple of shots being insanely cliche. Mm. Slow-mo shots of, of Mr. Jordan sitting lo- overlooking the, the oh, beach the cigar in his, in his, yeah. uh, his Malibu home with the cigar and just thinking. That's not his home. What it? <laughs> you don't think so? They, no, we that none of every scene of Michael Jordan given the interview. Yeah. He did not film in his home. Did they rent an Airbnb? They, likely, they rented. He wants, a, to, he wants yeah. to. He is a nice. private person. Yeah. But that, that, that is why. That is why so many people really love this documentary because obviously the amount of access you had to Jordan is something that just hasn't been done. He doesn't give many interviews. He doesn't make many you know media appearances anymore. Really, since he stopped playing. Uh, because he is an owner. So I think that's what a lot of people liked. Uh, in terms of the documentary, I liked it, but, and I kept going back and forth on this, I wish it didn't jump around in time so much. Mm. I kind of wish they really just did a straight chronological yeah. type of documentary because I think, it, unless you are unless you lived it, right, unless you know the differences between, uh, you know, the championship number four and championship number five, it can be it can be a little like whoa okay what what series are we in what you're, game are we in you're getting in? whiplash yeah exactly yeah. and so I assume the reason they didn't because I do agree with you uh, yeah. there were me- I think every episode I at least had one moment where I was like what year is this <laughs> yeah <laughs> my, what my, yeah. what realm is this um I do agree with you I think the reason they had to do it this way though is because. Uh, 70% of that footage is from that season that they recorded. You know, and, right? and that's how they framed it, right? It, yeah. it, it's, it's called The Last Dance. It's about that last championship. And I get that you frame it as like, this is them going into it. And then now we're explaining how they got to this point. Yeah. But I don't know. Maybe there was a better way to do it. I, I think it worked, but it didn't work well mm. in terms of how they framed it. Yeah. Actually, we have a great comment here from Noah. Uh, shout out to Noah. If sports were happening as normal, nobody would care about the last dance. Mm. And I think that sentiment highlights how some people feel. Uh, and, and I think I said this on, on the, the first episode that we, we covered the last dance. Um, what, four weeks ago? Five weeks ago? Um, I'm not sh- I can't tell if I enjoyed it so much because it's the only sports thing to watch. Um, or if it's legitimately good. I think it's a bit of both. I do think it is good. I found it very entertaining. Um, I liked learning about all this stuff about Michael Jordan that I've never, I never knew before. And I liked how it brought in some of my favorite elements of the NBA. Larry Bird, uh, Magic Johnson, you know, they got the Celtics early on, um, the Pistons, uh, all of that stuff. I really enjoy learning about these characters and Seeing it all through the eyes of Michael Jordan just makes it even better because he's a psychopath. <laughs> he has a legitimate hit list, you know? Um, so I did, I enjoyed it a lot. But I do agree with the sentiment that I don't, I wouldn't have been as into it or I wouldn't have tuned in every Sunday to watch this thing if there had been other sports. I do agree with that. I would probably would have waited until it's all done and then binged it because that's how actually how I like to consume things. I do think it is a little too long. I think 10 episodes is a little excessive. Yeah, I, I I'm glad it was ten episodes because there's nothing else. But I agree, if there were sports, I would be I think a little annoyed that it was so. So long. the yeah. o- the only thing I would like counter to that statement is the fact that the documentary was never supposed to come out in May. Mm-hmm. It was always destined to come out in July. 
after the regular NBA season because the thought process, and these are all rumors, the thought process was that LeBron was going to walk away with another. No, we get that. But that doesn't take away from the – that's not the question, though. The question is, is it as interesting if there is other sports? Is it as interesting? Because there are still other sports in July, right? In July, you would – you would have baseball. You'd be right in the middle. That might be oh, it. come on. Well, Nobody th- cares about baseball. The Olympics? Would the Olympics be going? The Olympics would be... Well, the well they'd be starting. The uh, Olympics would be starting. Training camp would be starting for the NFL. People are starting to draft their fantasy teams. So there's there would be many more... There are many more things to divert eyes versus right now, where there is the Korean Baseball League... In the last dance, right? Now, That's don't... But don't get me wrong. I think it still would have been a hit. Yeah. We've yes. gotten... What five new Jordan memes out of this thing? Which, <laughs> yeah, which that has itself, dominated that the itself, Twitter conversation. That in itself proves that it was a success. Days after this thing airs, you, you just get new Jordan memes. Yeah, responding to all kinds well, of stuff. Well, and I mean the 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 real success of this documentary was getting the iPad. Yeah. Of the of the interviews and then showing them Michael Jordan and the live getting reactions. his live Absolutely. reaction. Yeah, and I think that is a technique you're going to see a lot more in. Documentaries, specifically ones that circle around these big, these these type of big name people. Is this is this the first documentary you can think of where no, it's the not creators the, have gone out of their way to get a live reaction like that no, and capture it? I mean, it, I, it's been done, but this is going to be the first to, to, big to this, name popular this, one. Yeah, yeah, but to that extent though, like no, not, ten episodes and then not every to, episode. Let's put an iPad photo. I don't think <laughs> to every episode, but I, and it's I genius. don't, I don't, I think I would assume when they were filming it. It wasn't necessarily their intention to show the full live reaction shot either, but I think, I think it worked be- in a couple. Yeah, and I think and then they were like, oh, all of them. We should just keep going." <laughs> and I think because it worked, they were like, "Ooh, now!" We, like when they were reviewing the footage, they're like, "Wow, this is really great stuff." Their idea, probably because I mean, I've done it before too. Like when we 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 tee up people and show up, show them an interview subject and. You know they're watching it on an iPad or whatever, but they kept the cameras rolling. And we're like, "Wow, this is great stuff. Let's incorporate that into it." Yeah, um, I don't necessarily think it was like, "Oh, we're going to put this in." It was like, "Wow, we're going to figure out how to put that in." Yeah, I, w- I mean, it was great because those reactions are pure Michael Jordan. You get to see him laughing at other people, trash talking him, or you know, with their truth, and he's just like, "That's just not the way it is." And I thought that was great. Uh, interesting fact. Um, they finished editing the last episode three days before it aired on Sunday. Makes yesterday. sense. Yeah, yeah. So that's, it was I rushed. mean, that's wild. That is wild. Yeah. I, I mean, thought it came out great. But that's, that's what happens for a lot of these things. There was a jump cut in the last episode. I will say that. <laughs> Ooh. There was. Ooh. So, Ooh. Krishna, would you say the last dance was good? Well, if you couldn't tell, uh, yes. Yes, it was very good. I enjoyed it. I'm glad... And this was the perfect time to, to do it because it's not like it's a, a current athlete. And so I think that helps because now you get to go way back in time, right? You don't, it's, not, it's not LeBron James and his last championship. And I think a lot that it, it doesn't hit the same way because you're like, I actually remember that. And now it makes me miss sports even more. This is like history. Yeah. Because a know? lot of people, call, a lot of people, a lot of the Twitter conversation was like, what's the next last dance, right? Tom is Brady it, probably. Is it, right? is, it, is, it, is it the Patriots and Tom Brady? Yeah. Especially because like the comparison. You could probably start that now because he's done. <laughs> well, he's well. He is done with the Patriots, right? No, he's just done in general. And so, Ooh. and 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 the fact that he also has won six like Jordan. And I think what got a lot of people going, what got my mind going, was at the very end they talked about they won the six, and then it was all blown up, right? Well, the Patriots won their sixth, 
and then they ran it back another year uh in last year in 2019 and uh someone actually took the clip of like the patriots winning their super bowl and then the jordan narration it was like he would have come back he would have come back you know scotty might have been hard and then they show gronk because gronk retired it was the key piece that didn't come back and then they went one and done in the playoffs right uh so it was interesting that's like maybe there will be a last day you know they there will be an exposition about how the patriots are constructed and winning their six and Maybe it was like a lot of these guys coming back for another year and then Brady just being like, all right, I'm done, um, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. But, but yeah. did you know? Was the last dance good? Yeah, ultimately it was good. I wouldn't say it was perfect. I wouldn't say, it, it, you know, I've seen better sports documentaries for sure. Uh, Four but, days in October, Juno? Do you, Homer? <laughs> I mean, that's a great doc. Oh, it's, it's <laughs> I love that. So, wait, are Juno's better sports docs or anything around New England sports teams? No, that's not true. Makes sense. That, that, it fits. He's, it he's, fits. He's well, biased. That's, yeah, that's not, totally biased. Yeah. That's, huh? that's not even. Huh? What? Name what? one sports documentary that's not a New England sports doc team that you like. Go. That's better than The Last Dance. I, I, mean, I can't I think can of name one series. No, no, no. Series? Yeah, what, what's yeah. series? I mean, I think Hard Knocks is very well done. Like, Hard Knocks in general, like, the, the I, th- I think the way they present those and, and mm. do those are be- are better than what The Last Dance was. But you're not as passionate unless it was a New England team, though. That's not true. She's <laughs> checking. She's uh, checking. Uh, so, yeah, I, it was good, but I, 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 I think I'm a little disappointed because I think it could have been even better with the access and the subject material they got. Sure. I, w- I would love to know how much of the footage was left on the floor and... Maybe one day we'll see, you know, air quotes, a Zack Snyder cut or something. I hope not. Oh, teasing our wasn't news. Yeah, actually. Teasing our wasn't news. And we'll start actually with uh, that one. So ever since I was intoxicated and went to go see Justice League with you all and wanted to leave that theater so badly, it felt like a rumor started that day that there was a better Justice League version out there that Zack Snyder it started before had cut. <laughs> that it came out. Most likely. Yeah. And it keeps popping this this hashtag release the Zack Snyder cut keeps popping back up on Twitter. But finally, finally, it looks like there's some actual news that this thing actually might be happening. What do we think? Let's go. What is the news? I, I don't even know. So, so apparently the Zack Snyder cut is going to be released. In late February, <laughs> yeah. Zack Snyder was asked by executives at Warner Brothers to screen it to them. And he showed the Snyder cut to the people in charge at Warner Brothers who would have the say of yay or nay to, re- <laughs> to release a another cut of this movie. And? Well, then the pandemic happened. Yeah, yeah, but, but <laughs> what is this release? Like, uh, how, why, how, what, what form is it being released? No, no, th- well, there's no news of if it's going to be released or not, right? Right. We just know that there is a, sh- there is definitive, so for many, there's been a lot of controversy, like, is there a Schneider cut, is there not? Zach Schneider has adamantly, for, very vocally for the last six months to a year, has been said, yes, there is a Schneider cut, I have it on my hard drive, I want to release it, I want to show the world it, you know, and, you know, Jason Momoa got on board, um... Uh, Henry Cavill got on board with it. Ben Affleck got on board with it. Uh, and now that he's showing it to execs, there's so there's no debate now that there is another cut of Justice League. Sure. Uh, but now people want to know, could it be released and in what form? Right. Well, if execs are looking at it, that means there is some discussion of it being released in some way, shape, or form. Whether that's theaters or VOD or straight to DVD or streaming it on the, the HBO Max um, app 
you know, we don't know. The question here, and there's really only one question, two questions. Do you think a Zack Snyder cut is actually a better form of the movie? No. And would you see it? Uh, it's not a better form of the movie. Would still see it because there's just been so much discussion around this. And we would, would have to as bad talk. I would love to. I would <laughs> love to know. Like I, I want to see it primarily to make the, d- the decision for myself of was there always a Zack Snyder cut or did he create a Zack Snyder cut because the internet told him to? I think the latter. I don't think there was originally a Snyder cut. I think there were like there were some pieces of segments, but I think he created it uh, because of all the backlash. It's like I could. Well, make based a on like cutting cutting room like. Like sees that well, I, I think I think he made the Schneider cut because obviously Justice League was so panned. And well, I mean, what I mean, what I'm sorry, what I'm asking is, yeah. what's what's the footage of the Schneider cut from? Like unused scenes? Like yeah, so, where is he getting it from? Well, so, Justice League, when he filmed it, right? They filmed a full movie. Mm-hmm. Then he Reshoots. had to leave, and they reshot roughly. Uh, it's not it's not confirmed how much of the movie they reshot with. Um, What's his, uh, name? what's his name? Uh, why am I blanking? Out? Uh, Josh, Josh Whedon. Josh Whedon. Josh Whedon. Right? It's not confirmed how much, Whedon. but there's you know some people estimate anywhere from thirty to seventy percent of the movie was recut, right? And, and then everyone had the indicator of what scenes they used from the Cavill mustache, right? You know, <laughs> complete complete sequences changed. You know, tons of the movie changed, and it's only been reinforced by these actors like Jason Momoa saying like, "There's an entirely other movie out there," etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but yeah, I, it's I've never heard this from a, a blockbuster movie that there's this alternate cut, and there's never been anything that come out to come out and say like this is going this is going to be definitively changing or whatever. If anything, it's going to confuse people because I mean it, it, I don't even know if the DC universe is still you know thing. continuity wise a thing. But if it is, like, I mean, it's the multiverse. Yeah. Uh, they can explain it away with you release this movie and now you have two of the same <laughs> events <laughs> yeah. happening and they look different. Why? Too. Yeah. Why? I mean, I why mean, not? Who right? ca- at this point, the DCU is such a mess. Who like just do it? Who cares? As long as and then and a uh, uh, quick comment here from Michael. Uh, don't make me pay theater prices to see it. Amen, brother. Yeah. If you release brother. it straight to VOD, <laughs> it better be free. Ten dollars or less. I, I I might spend ten dollars. If we all watch I it, we say, can pitch in like I a dollar each. I say make it an exclusive for the HBO Max platform. This is like a no-brainer to me. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Just put it there and like advertise like fucking crazy for two weeks. You want to we'll see the Schneider Cut? Pay us money, dumbass. Subscribe to HBO Max. Where uh, you can see Batman. Speaking oh of other streaming services and, and that fun stuff, CBS All Access and CBS announced a new <laughs> Star Trek spinoff. Another one. <laughs> this one will take place precisely 10 years before Spock and Kirk go on their maiden voyage of the Star Trek Enterprise. This will be covering a young Spock with Captain Pike, uh, the actors that played Spock and Pike from C- uh, Discovery Season 2 will be reprising their roles. I am personally excited for this because they were the only two things that I found interesting in season two. In season two, I thought you liked season two. I do like season two, but because they of the, those characters, because of those <laughs> characters, because uh. they pushed the entire story. By season two of Discovery, the Discovery ship was kind of a uh, cool. Just just shut up and go away. You just don't make sense in this universe. And you know what they did? Spoiler alert: they blasted it nine hundred years in the fucking future. Ah, they've also talked about this show being a return to the Trek that people are used to, with specifically the first five series, episodic, 
uh, more lighthearted, you know, week to week, uh, a bit more optim, like um, optimism. Optimism. People want that. Yeah, because well, specifically, it's it's really the rebuttal to what Discovery and Picard have been. Right? They've been Bad. these. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of people will say bad. A lot of people will say, you know, different. Um, <laughs> it's like a very diplomatic way of putting it. But, different. You know, but so this is this is to cater to those Star Trek fans of like, okay, here is another show set on a starship with the captain. He's the main character. They go on adventures. It's fun. They're already established in our new Star Trek universe. Uh, my issue right now with Star Trek is... They have two shows currently on, Discovery and Picard. They have announced this show. They've announced the Section 31 show. So we're going to potentially have four Star Trek shows on at once. I'm so That's glad. That's never I'm not, happened before. I'm just, and this just makes me so happy I'm not a Star Trek fan. I'm I, loving I, I'm it. Just so, I, just, I'm, I, I'm, I love that you love it. Thank you. So that in two years when you hate it so much because you are watching four seasons of bad television, mm-hmm. uh, I can't wait for it. This comes from the guy who liked Triple Frontier, so that well, literally means Triple nothing. Frontier, Triple Frontier is one movie, uh-huh. one and done. Right. Whether I like it or not is great. But it has not, it's not going to suck. It's not going to suck. It's not going to suck hours and hours it has of life. Warped your life and it's your views and it's just. I also your thought brain. Extraction was good, guys. I think oh, the Arrowverse is something. To talk Shut about up. Here. I mean, that's where Star Trek is for me. It's, that's at Arrowverse level. Anyway, it's coming. I'm excited. It's something to talk about. Maybe we'll replace Christian with Julian. Uh, yeah, uh, for Star Trek, please do. Uh, moving into... But he has to shave his head. <laughs> he does. He's going to shave his head. <laughs> we'll kind of blast through a little bit of this. Uh, Mandalorian, the Cassian, Cassian show casting rumors. Uh, real quick on the Mandalorian, we knew last week the uh, actor that played Jango Fett, whose name I cannot pronounce, so I'm not going to try, uh, was cast. We know uh, Rosio... Was Dawson was also cast, and then Twitter decided to have a fun little joke and just start saying everyone who's ever appeared in uh, Star Wars is being cast in the Ahmad Mandalorian. Best? Yeah, that was Jar Jar Binks. Yeah, that yeah, was. That, that's not true. Though. That's not true. It was a joke. I mean, who cares? But uh, Katie Sackhoff was cast as Bo Katan. That's another one. Uh, well, Timothy, she's the voice actress, right? Timothy Oliphant, 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 Oliphant was cast Elephant? as a uh, bounty hunter, and a lot of people are excited because he's most known for his role as a cowboy in uh, Deadwood and Justified. He was also in two episodes of The Office, for those Office fans out oh, there. Oh, that's right. Pam's first love interest. Yes. Well, no. Before Roy. Well, something like that. Oh, that guy? Uh, yeah. And then also uh, Jimmy Smith uh, is returning to be uh, to be um, Bail Organa, Organa or in, the, in the Cassian show, as well as the Rebel Commander who plays the principal in Sex Education, who told Cassian to go kill or go kill um, uh, the British guy. Yeah, what's his name? Mads no Mickelson's character, Jin's mm-hmm. dad. What the fuck? Uh, so yeah, I mean, you're just hearing all these cast members specifically because these shows have filmed and wrapped. So now they're starting to leak out information. Uh, who's going to be in what? And then for Disney listing, if you guys want to let us leak anything, you can hit us up on at Was It Good on Twitter. <laughs> the DMs are open. <laughs> Wait, wow. are they? We're thirsty for be. your DMs. Jesus. <laughs> oh, real quick. I should have mentioned this under when we're talking about the Snyder Cut. This is kind of news because it's funny to me. Um, what's his face? He's playing the new Batman. Oh, uh, Pan, um, uh, yeah, Robert Pattinson. Robert yeah. Pattinson. Pandemic has happened. He refuses to work out and stay in shape. 
uh, for Batman. Pa- more power to him. Wait, more power he to him. To He's like, I'm not working out. He's like, actors have set a bad precedent for what we expect for characters on screen. Oh, my God. And he's like, yeah, I'm done. So just I, I should have mentioned that because DCU is a mess. It will always stay a mess. <laughs> that sounds because of like heroes <laughs> like Robert Pattinson. That sounds like a contract, though. Like, uh, like he signed a contract. That's a lawsuit. That's a lawsuit. Oh, yeah. Well, sue him. Sorry. I just wanted to throw that in there because it's too good not to mention. Um, but did, hey, they fin- I, did they finish filming Batman? No, though? they didn't. Well, that's, why they, <laughs> that's why they, they wanted have. to stay in shape. Speaking of uh, other superhero things, the new mutants, which will never, ever make it to... Uh, <laughs> It's cursed. The screen ever, I think. It's cursed. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I saw the trailer, and I was intrigued. I'm, was I saw the, the scary, trailer like the five years one? ago, and it was intriguing. The, the, the scary, yeah, the super scary one. That looks so good. Yeah, it's never going to be released. It's the best-looking Marvel thing I think I've ever seen. It will have to be released, though. So the the, the update in the outline is um, the reason they can't put it on Disney+, Plus. the reason they can't put it on streaming service is because of the previous contracts with Fox and with the studio uh, and with the actors, specifically warrant that it has to be released in movie theaters. Um, so mm. it will hit the movie theaters one day. It just won't open in many, and it will be years from now. And My you have God. to wear a mask when you see it. Um, Avatar, The Last Airbender, finally joins Netflix after the movies have been on Netflix for a while. Is it a return to Netflix? Was it on Netflix back in the day? I feel like it was, and then it left, and now it's back. Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure. That's honestly. how I watched it. Yeah, I on thought Netflix, it was on right? Netflix, too. I'm pretty so sure that's is, how I watched it. This is now. a return. Yeah. This is a return. return. All I can say is, how you there? Uh, it's one of the greatest um, kids' animated shows ever. Uh, it's my personal favorite of all this time. This is a children's show. I mean, I'll ask Arjuna, which one's better? Avatar The Last Airbender or SpongeBob? Go. Uh, I mean, you have to say Avatar because because you're Sponge- smart. SpongeBob's first three seasons are incredible, well, c- and then everything after that is just Avatar: Last Airbender. It's only three seasons. We're yeah. talking about the original series. Compare those three seasons with SpongeBob. The first they're one. not they're not comparable, right? I mean, SpongeBob is episodic, and Avatar is a, a self-contained one full story. But which one's better? They're n- they, you don't compare them. That's like saying what's that's like saying what's better, water or ice cream. Ice cream. ice cream. Yeah, but they're different. No. You know, no. Ice cream, ice cream <laughs> One is objectively better. Ice cream yeah. contains water. So therefore, contains water. Therefore, ice cream is water. Yeah, you consume both. Yeah. Speaking of that, anyone get Ben and Jerry's after this? No. Uh, <laughs> so that's the new Muse. That's Avatar. I think we're at that time, guys, where we get to give away this toy in a violent fashion. Did someone fart? No. <laughs> Arjuna, how are we doing this? Well, we can't share the screen because of technical issues. So, so just... real quick, so this is a Baby Yoda plush. It comes from the uh, Disney store. Sure. Yeah, shopdisney.com. You can actually purchase this yourself um, at shopdisney.com. We're giving it away because we told you to go do something and you did it. And that thing was to go follow at Was It Good and like the tweet. Or Instagram post. Or Instagram post, apparently. Arjuna is going to run the super duper secret machine. Christian will be providing sound effects. Go ahead. And the winner is. Whoa! Who's the winner? The winner is friend of Bad Tacos Media, Lo Espinosa. Oh, Lo! Lo! You have. You have a Baby Yoda plush coming your way. We'll probably wait till after. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. 
<laughs> but wow. congrats to Lo. Uh, we will be doing other uh, giveaways. I don't know if you guys can tell based on our set. We have some stuff. <laughs> Too much stuff. Some stuff I don't personally like anymore. And some people we want to get rid of. Okay, that's pushing on a line that you shouldn't bring up. We're, we're getting rid of our host. Uh, we're, but we're for those for new hosts. But for those listening on the podcast, if you follow us at on Twitter at Was It Good, you will see when we have these kind of giveaways. Uh, they're very simple. They're just follows and likes uh, to be entered for your chance to win. So definitely keep an eye out there. Any closing remarks or thoughts before we get going? Wow, well, we've never done this before. There was uh, there was one thing that we didn't get to in the the, the uh, was it news? Uh, the rise of drive-in theaters. I really just wanted to touch on real quick. How much are they paying you? They don't pay me anything. <laughs> I just because you keep bringing this up. You sell out drive-in theaters. You brought it up like two weeks ago, and for drive-in theaters, it's a very specific niche. So my theory it's is not niche. You're uh, being paid. You want to know how I can pr- prove to you it's not niche? Uh, so Sahara and I went to a drive-in theater. Not on helping your case. Saturday <laughs> night. Yep, he's being paid. <laughs> on Saturday night, right? Yeah. And it, we went to like the Tiki one that's like 40, 40 miles from here or whatever. Jesus. Um. And it's so it's like in the middle of nowhere, right? It's quite the drive. They're playing they were playing eight movies, um, and they, they most of these movies are very old, uh, or not very old, but like Knives Out, for example, came out last year. Uh, Trolls World Tour came out over a month ago. Um, oh, I, I was really expecting movies from the fifties when you said no, really old. No, movies. I, I'm, <laughs> I mean if it was a classic, that I would it would make sense if they were busy. But I'm talking about like movies that have been out for a long time that you can stream that you don't need to go to a drive-in for. Uh, then there was two other movies that were like Amazon Prime movies. There was a horror movie I'd never heard of. There was an Apple. There was a Apple TV Plus movie on there as well. Did you catch the Zack Schneider uh, <laughs> cut of Justice League? No, but the drive-in theater was an hour to get in. Yeah, the cars, cars were that backed up, and the there most of the most of the drive-in area was full. Mm-hmm. The snack bar line was like 30 minutes long. Wait, do you have to get to get your snack? Do you have to drive with your car? No, you they had they had you could like line up but you had to have like 6 feet apart and all that type of stuff. But like it was so like from movies that you've never heard of, like this thing was packed in the middle of nowhere. So it's just interesting to me like I think drive-in theaters are going to continue to see a rise in popularity especially with like social distancing and stuff because it's a very easy way to social distance within your car right you're Hmm. able to kind of drive in and do that so i would not drive 45 minutes and then wait an hour to go see a driving movie you know i wouldn't have either but we didn't know it was going to be our way fair enough and once you've driven the 45 minutes you're not going to just turn around why (laughs) you would have gotten home before the hour of having to wait would have like gone up you could have driven there, driven back, and then comfortably watched the Trolls movie in the comfort of your own home. We didn't watch the Trolls movie. We were going to watch the, the two like VOD movies, but then that one was actually sold out. Huh. So then we went to the horror one and like the how and we saw like how to make a like how to make a girl. It's the um Beanie it's Jonah Hill's sister. Um there's a movie she was in. It was okay. It wasn't great. But I mean, the drive-in theater experience is cool. Like I'd never been. I went for the first time a few weeks ago. This is my second one. Just interesting. Nice. That's what I wanted to bring up. Nice, nice, nice. Well, that's gonna do it for us here on Was It Good. Like I said, you can find us on Twitter at Was It Good, on Instagram at Was It Good BTM. 
And of course, on twitch.tv slash was it good. This podcast is filmed live in front of a zero studio audience, but it is filmed live on Twitch. You can come hang out with us, interact. We usually go live just before the taping and then stick around a little bit afterwards so that we can give you life advice on what pop culture, TV shows, and movies, uh, and things that you should be buying. And then you can give us in return Ben and Jerry suggestions. So, there wow. You go. What is your obsession with Ben and Jerry's? I really want sugar right now. Why? I don't know. We it's have that like, wine you're we drinking. have like pure sugar, cane sugar. I'm probably going to have that. Yes, like what is wrong with you? Goodbye.